Happy New Year. It's 2024. Here we are with New Just Kind of Podcast, episode 14. We had an episode just before Christmas where the three of us spoke about how we felt the podcast had gone over the last 18 months or so since we started. And we'll do some new things this year. We're going to have special episodes coming in. And we're looking at using today's episode as an opportunity with Sam Oaks of the Financial Planet Podcast to check in and see how we're feeling with our goals and aspirations for this year. My name's Wayne. And I'm Hazel. And as we said, we're joined by Sam. So Welcome back, Sam. Thank you for all your help, as always, on our uh, podcast. Um, so, yeah, I think it'd be nice to talk about goals this year and think about what um, might be on advisors' minds, what's in the industry, um, but also kind of that check-in. Because we had Wayne Griffiths on one of our previous episodes and we talked about checking in on our colleagues and really asking them how they feel. And you've got a really special way of doing that. So I don't know if you want to talk talk to us about it. Yeah, so um, thanks for having me back. It's always a pleasure to come back. It's a legal in general. I love recording the Just Come podcast. I think it's a fantastic podcast. So, it's, you know, thanks for having me here. Um, yeah, it was brilliant having Wayne on because I've spoken to Wayne throughout the years via text message, via phone calls, but never ever met him face to face. And actually this year we're going to be working together, which is really exciting. And I often reach out to financial advisors, power planners, anybody really in the profession, friends, family. And I always ask the question, how are you out of 10? And on that episode, he raised it, didn't he? And he said it was a really powerful question. It's a question that we really should be asking our clients. So financial advisors, why aren't you asking the question to your clients, how are you out of 10? Because it's a really great gauge to work out. Someone has to pause, don't they? Someone has to pause and think about the answer. Well, what is my number? And when you follow up that with why, it becomes even deeper, doesn't it? So yeah, how are you guys out of 10 to, you know, this year, 2024? How are you out of 10? I'll give myself an eight. I think I, I've actually had quite a really, really busy start to the year. Yeah. Um, and I can see lots of positives coming down the track. I see I'm an eight because at the moment I'm thinking, how on earth do I balance all of that and make it happen? Um, we're already almost at the end of January. And I think as someone's gone already and being a classic kind of salesperson in our industry and always being competitive and wanting to do the best you all of a sudden think, oh, I'm almost a month in and, and what have I got to yet? So I think that's where I'm really positive in terms of an eight, but also I always have that in the back of my mind thinking, right, what have I achieved so far and how am I going to get to that next next step? I think on the back of that is when you work in an environment where you have targets, you're always thinking about the future. Mm-hmm. So you're always in that kind of anxious mindset state. Have I Am I doing enough? Am I achieving what I should be achieving? Mm-hmm. And you're always thinking about pipeline of business coming in. It's very similar to financial planners. It's very similar to any kind of job where you're going out, you're developing business and your kind of worth, I guess, within the business environment is what can you bring in? What's coming in? Am I doing enough? So we're always kind of, it almost feels like sometimes in that environment you're wishing your life away. So that creates that kind of anxious feeling, doesn't it? What's your number when? My number's nine. I'm a strong nine. Yeah, over Christmas, the Christmas period. I'll tell you why. My wife, we thought she had the 100 day cough, but she hasn't. It's only a sinus infection, so she'll be fine. She's getting better and all that. And we've had a great start to the year so far. And I'm just looking forward to seeing where we can go in terms of the partnership that we've got between us with regards to this, you know, branching out into some of the other areas and really looking at covering under the Just Covered banner different areas of financial planning. Uh, we touched on it last year, didn't we? We did a tech episode. We did some of the wealth episodes. Uh, and so this year, we're going to branch out a little bit more. So really looking forward to it. Uh, definitely a strong nine. Both got really strong numbers. So that's really good to hear. I think when we do in the talk club environment as well, because talk club obviously being a charity, within the talk club environment, you also talk about some of the things that you're going to do to improve that number. So what are you going to work on 
in respect of, say, your mental fitness? Because mental health is a big thing. Mental well-being is an incredibly important subject matter. You brought up some stats quite recently, didn't you, in respect of Forbes? What were those stats? Yeah, so when I was looking at doing some research for presentations um, for advisors, I decided to look at what are people's New Year's resolutions. Um, and it was really interesting because the first one was improved fitness, which I think is probably a given. That happens every year, doesn't it? People want to go to the gym. My gym is always busier in January than any other time. Um, but then second was improved finances, which I think given the year that we had in 2023, that probably makes sense. But third was improved mental health. And that is Forbes uh, research on, on, as I said, just the whole of the UK, what are people reporting as their resolution? So I think it's, um, it's really interesting that that mental health piece is coming to the forefront and we certainly see it as a provider, um, you know, coming up in underwriting. I'm sure we get a lot of advisors telling us that they see that happening more and more. Um, but then also in our in our product range, we've got our nice wellbeing support tools uh, and that's that's part of our, our product range um, comes a standard to help you know help society and help clients to take our products so they've got that that backup and I think as you said mental health is that mental fitness mm. so having those tools readily available to be able to use any time to maintain that fitness rather than only reach to them when you're in a really horrendous place I think that's really important to recognize I think we're a really important almost tipping point uh, with society at the moment with mental health because we hear about it all the time they say invest in yourself do things for yourself and, but but are you actually doing it so yeah yeah all these resources are there there's almost too many of them or i can go here there and ever but are you actually going to use them are you actually going to sort of commit to yourself are you actually going to take some action with regards to it so uh, uh, for me personally that's more sort of investing in myself outside of work and, and being able to balance things a little bit more rather than throwing myself into that i, I think where the, you know, in the profession that we're in, in with the advisors that you're working with, power plans, all those types of people, I think the value that they can show in helping customers invest in themselves through some of the things that we've got, like our well-being, offering all that type of stuff, is really, really going to help customers, I suppose, uh, firstly see the value and, and, and set advisors out as you know, life planners, if you like, in terms of helping people to get to where they need to get to. Yeah, and advisors as well, because that's yeah, what I was yeah. from advisors about this week. They were saying that January has been incredibly good for them business-wise, but a couple of them were saying to me, you know, I'm two weeks in and I'm already burnt out. Because I think it's reminding them that actually you've got those tools as well. If, you take, if you've got policies, like have a look at them. Because we're so often, we tell our clients that, mm. we forget ourselves in the industry that, that we can use them as well. And I think that's definitely what I'm seeing sometimes when we're out and about at the moment. And it's about them having to, that time to actually think, well, okay, how can I improve things for myself? So we, like we had the tech episode before, didn't we? How, how many advisors might have gone out and thought, right, okay, but how can I use tech to actually improve the advice I'm providing to clients and make my job easier from an admin perspective as well? Um, and, and it's as we've already seen this year, because with the influx of rates, so I think some of the, the sourcing systems have shown record levels of, of, of activity on those. How can advisors take that time to try and think, okay, right, can I take a step back and, and, and make things a little bit easier for myself? Yeah, there's a tendency <clears throat> to make hay when the sun shines, right? And when you make hay when the sun shines, you tend to put down some of the things that you were maybe implementing into your life that helps you reduce your stress, so stress management. It might be all of a sudden not going to the gym on your lunch break, that non-negotiable that you've put into your calendar because there's two or three client 
meetings that you want to put in the you know put in put in and get get stuck into because you know that's going to be income coming in. So it's very very tricky to find that balance. And I found that this year. I've been super busy over the Christmas period into January. And I, where I used to have these non-negotiables, like I'm going to run at this time, I'm going to go to the gym at this time, completely gone out of the window. So how are you feeling as that's happening? And you'll know it's you know it's happening. Yeah, stressful. It's like I've got I've got to focus on that area because I know because it, a, it makes me money and I need to bring income in for the business. I'm going through a massive change in, in my two businesses as well, so that's over. It's really consuming my mind. I'm having to accept the situation that in this point that I may not be able to do the things I used to do that keep me mentally fit. However, I do believe the last four and a half years when I actually started to implement fitness, running, I don't drink alcohol, I sleep well, I eat well. So we're talking about the gut microbiome, uh, journaling, cognitive behavioral therapy. These are all the things that I've been doing every single day for the last four years. So when I hit a stressful period, but I hit a period where maybe I'm hyper-focused on work because I can get hyper-focused on things if I'm excited by it. I'm a bit of a stress addict sometimes. So when I hit these points, all the work that I've done for those four years have kept me afloat. But it's having that self-awareness to say like, okay, I can observe the thoughts that are coming into mind. I can categorize those and see the impact it has on me and my stress levels and I can manage it. So it's all about what things can you do from a mental fitness perspective that when you go through those periods of really stressful, difficult times, you don't slip below baseline. But if you do slip below baseline, can I reach out to somebody? Can I talk about it? Can I listen to somebody else's experiences? Can I get the mirror around, take a look at myself? How quickly can I get over these things? And when I'm in the fight, when I listen to the financial planners and lots of them out there are individuals, aren't they? Running their own small businesses, some of them working from home. It's a very isolated job. And maybe you're working your socks off and you're stressed or the opposite way around. You're so stressed you can't work and you're procrastinating. So I think the ability for advisors to be able to connect with each other and talk to each other or to talk to family members or join groups like your talk clubs, etc. It's a powerful way to get it out and move on and move forward. And it's on the individual too as well, isn't it? As you've mentioned, it's about them having that desire to do it and doing something about it. And I'm just interested from when you're talking to individuals, when you're asking them about how they are out of 10, how willing nowadays are people to talk about it and actually really be candid and, and, and tell you everything? It's become so normal. Like now, people are willing to open up more so. And it opens up a whole level of uh, deeper relationship. And I use it in business development. It's a great way to business develop people because they've got to stop and they've got to think. And they think, that's a really good question. And they love it. So yeah, people are more open to it. People are more receptive to it. Um, but I do think that's to do with the fact that we are, as a society, aware now there's a problem when it comes to mental health. And there needs to be solutions, and the solution lies in mental fitness. And I definitely agree with what you were saying about the remote working, because as you said, like loads and loads of advisors, even if they are part of a big firm, you work from home now, you know. Yeah. So even if you're part of a firm, you maybe can go a whole day with only dealing with your clients and your caseload, or, you know, if you do something wrong. And I remember when I um, went from being an advisor to then area sales manager, that I remember that shift because I had advisors that I was surrounded by. I could bounce ideas off or if I felt something hadn't gone quite right, I'd you'd get that affirmation from them that, no, you are good at your job. That was just one element of it. Whereas then when the minute you sit and work from home and you make a mistake or something goes wrong or maybe not quite your way, 
you can dwell on that so quickly um, and then you've not got that person to snap you back. Like I, that's how I get to it. It's like speaking to somebody or just having those little interruptions throughout my day um, to get in touch with a colleague. And strangely, it has to be a colleague. Like if I, if I talk to you know Jason or half because he's not in that industry, he's in a complete opposite industry. Um, he's like, oh, what's the problem? It's not a problem. Whereas actually, speaking to a colleague, just checking in somebody within the business, whether it's an advisor, um, one of our uh, strategic partners, or whether it's one of my colleagues, that for me is like the most useful thing to get me out of that thought cycle that I'm getting into. That's like the community. Absolutely, it's like the community aspects. It's the tribal aspects. Right, if you've got 10 people in a room all suffering from the same problem and those 10 people all talk about that problem and some are at different stages, some might have gone over that problem, some might be at the beginning of that problem, some might be still stuck in it. The actual sharing and the identification between the group of people, it's like tribal. It's like, wow, we're all coming together, we're all in the same thinking pattern. So it's a hell of a lot easier to get through the process if someone understands it. When you're trying to convince somebody else of what your problem actually is. So if I convince my wife about what it's like running a business and all these different things and how stressful it is and how all that person said and how I'm waiting on this invoice and she's just like, she wants to help me, but she can't. So I've got to find somebody that can identify. And I've done that. I've started to build these networks of people, especially within the financial planning profession as well. There's some amazing people in there. And I'm recognizing there are all these different people out there in the same sort of position, especially business owners. I connect really well with business owners because I get what they're going through. Culturally, businesses do need to change. As a recruitment business over in Crete UK, we're a B Corp, always been passionate about mental health, always been passionate. And the same thing happened. We have a kind of flatline culture where it, I will talk about my situation. I've talked past in, my, in the past about my mental health problems. That's created a culture of openness. So Elena, having a really tough day last week, has got no problem with phoning me up and telling me she's having a tough day. She just wants to air it. And then what she does is go through a process of what she's doing to resolve the situation. And we reinforce that. And we challenge sometimes individuals. Are you setting too high a expectation of yourself? Do you just need to pause, relax? let go, reduce some of the stuff that you're actually doing and allow yourself to feel a bit down today or to feel a bit stressed today. Let's recognize that that's how you're actually feeling. And sometimes when you do that and we accept it and we surrender, it takes the power out of it. When you have a culture where you put too much pressure on people to do more, 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 and to not listen to the pain it might be causing that individual, you've got a toxic culture. And that for me is massively important. And I think businesses within the financial planning profession are a little bit behind when it comes to mental health, mental fitness and within their culture. And I do think they kind of really do have to change. I guess that's um, absolutely like we're lucky at, at Legal in general. Genuinely, we, we have a, a whole suite of, of different um, products and services available to us. But I guess that's where it's tough in some of these businesses. They don't have those products readily and available uh, to them. We're such a massive organisation. But that's where, when we look at, you know, taking it back to a kind of protection level, um, we've got business protection products that come with that wellbeing support. So business owners can immediately access, you know, they're too small for group scheme, actually think, well, I can, I can, my staff can have a bit of that if I take these policies out. And you know, different policies advisors can look into. Um, and, and as a business, that's important to legal in general to make sure that we have that available, not just to your personal protection clients, um, but actually those business protection clients as well. So business owners can 
easily give their staff those benefits and interact well. It's that safety net, isn't it? You mentioned control, and I think it's the way it's sort of maybe brought up as a society. It's to, to, by default, have control. If you feel like you haven't got the control, suddenly you're all over the place. And that's what you were talking about. And that, the book you just raised there about being comfortable almost in not being in control. And, and also when the day we're having a bad day, thinking, okay, yeah, I'm just having a bad day. There's not really anything I could have done about it or anything like that. And, and where advisors come in, aren't they? They're providing those elements of products, you know, so the, the wellbeing support that we've got and, and the, the benefit of the profession and their expertise and their experience, all that type of thing to help customers where they can't control stuff. But it's that helping customers uh, and, and advisors helping people to, to actually look at those things where they can't control. Um, obviously, the areas that they can control, fine, and that that's great. But I think that, uh, as you're saying, I think the profession itself is is just so valuable. It's so important that, that all of us are coming together to, to address and help each other from that mental health perspective. Um, but again, us then committing to doing something about it. Because what I quite like about what you say is, okay, so people can phone, phone you up and talk to you about we're having a bad day. But then they're also then saying that they were almost compelled to say, right, this is what I'm doing about it. But it will be a consultative thing where you'll talk about it and say, oh, right, okay, are you sure it's just you're not being too hard on yourself rather than having to do this, that and the other? So I think for business owners, it's about don't be the rescuer because when you get into a situation where you start rescuing people, you then become fall into Cartman's you know, drama triangle. You become the persecutor, the rescuer. You go in there, you rescue, 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 rescue. They feel better. Then don't go sort their problem out. Come back again. And then you become the persecutor. And then you're the victim. It's just like this common tra drama triangle. So I think as businesses, it's look, be aware what's available. It's not that expensive. Give it to your staff and then signpost them and be supportive around it. It's been disciplined though as well, because like when I was a leader and had my own team, um, I worked for a big corporate as a leader, so I had access to all those things. But I do find when you're naturally, that my natural stance is to try and rescue that person and want to help them. So I always had to be quite disciplined to listen and be like, you've got that resource there. Because it's really hard not to step in and want to be that. Naturally, people do. Don't a lot of people would want to rescue. You just would, wouldn't you? We have to talk, we have to listen, we have to know where the boundaries are and we have to know where we can and where we can help. And it's all about signposting. How many things am I aware of that I could give back to somebody else to point them in the right direction? I love that now. And that takes you out of that rescuer mode. It's not about, can I rescue that person? Because you've only got a certain amount of energy that you've got and you lose it when you start trying to help people, right? It's about where could I point them in the right direction to get the help that they need? And that's, I think, we should all have a responsibility to do, I think, is to help each other and to recognise those signposts to do that. That's where advisors need yeah. to be, be you know, recognise we're all in it together as well, though, because from being on an advisor side, I used to always find it really tough if I did have a client who then maybe they had, you know, self-bar, you know, background, and I would then think, oh, I just want to give them a huge hug and like, and, you know, and I can't, so they're I'm just a mortgage advisor, but I'm asking them, you know, that's how they see, I'm just their mortgage advisor. That's all that they see me as, is access to a home. Yet all of a sudden, I'm now asking them some of the most deepest, darkest questions about times their life that are so difficult. And that is mentally, as an advisor, if you're doing maybe, like the way that I used to work it, is I would give my mortgage and protection advice and then sometimes do the underwriting if I've stuck for time. So it's meant that some afternoons, I was maybe doing two or three underwritings back to back. And if I had that back to back, two or three, that's, that is mentally really tough to then take that in as well um, for the, the advisor's point of view. And I think that's where definitely as an industry, as you said, that community and coming together is so important. So what we tend to do like in a tall glow environment is you have a check in and then you say why and everyone listens to each other 
And then you talk about the mental fitness thing you're going to do that day. And then you check out. So after this conversation, I think we've been quite open. We've been listening with great ideas. I came in, I didn't say it, but I probably came in at about a 6.5. It's been a bit of a stressful morning or I still got a bit of underlying stress that's going on in respect of my business. But having this open and frank, nice conversation with you both, I'm definitely going to be checking out around a 7.5, maybe an 8. So I feel good. So the talking and listening element for me has raised my number. And that's the power of that talking and listening and that oxytocin that gets released, that identification and the solutions based approach. So yeah, I'm, I'm checking out at about, about a 7.5 and 8. What about yourself? You would say probably, because my stress was thinking about what am I going to get done this year? Have I done anything? But actually talking about some of the podcasts we've just filmed and actually looking at all the things that we have achieved and some of the, com just taking the time to think about the conversation I've had with advisors this week, I have done a bit, I have done done well. So yeah, I'll say I'm about an 8.5 to 9, I've grown 0.5. <laughs> I'm definitely a 9.5. Good, I can't go much higher than that. But yeah, you've definitely got me out there. But it must have been seeing you this morning as well, Sam, because I'm always higher when I see you. <laughs> fantastic. Listen, I've got so, got so much to look forward to this year. It's going to be a fantastic year. I'm glad to be part of the Just Cover podcast with Legal in General. I think the partnership between Financial Planner Life and Legal in General and the Just Cover partnership is only going to get better and better and better. So really, really pleased to be working with you in 2024. Thank you, Thanks, Sam.